those of you who don't know me, where I come from, uh, I'm older than Pastor Mike, believe it or not. Not by much. It's my barometer. No, I'm kidding. So I, was, uh, I grew up in a very, uh, very Catholic household. All right? I, for 19 years, that's how I grew up. Did the first communion, did the, uh, all of it. You name it, I, I did it. So walk with me into my college freshman year. And in that freshman year, I had a friend of mine named Scott Rutterbush. Scott, if you're watching, I haven't seen you in years, but Scott Rutterbush invited me to FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That that whole first semester, I said, no, Scott, leave me alone. I'm good, brother. I'm really good. That second semester, he said, listen, man, you got to come. He kept inviting me and kept inviting me. In that second semester, I started going to Fellowship of Christian Athletes down in North Carolina is where I went to school. He says, you know what, bro? We've got a a, uh, retreat that we go on. Clemson's hosting it. It's in at the Ridgecrest in Asheville, North Carolina. Why don't you come? You really should come. So I called my non-Pentecostal mom and dad up, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go to this thing. I, I'm going to go down there. It's going to cost a little bit of money, not too much, but I'm going to go down there and have a good time and let you know how it goes. Well, I go down there, and I didn't know that I was being set up. There was a time that was appointed just for me, and he met me there in those mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. I listened to the sermons. I listened to the uh, the workshops are in hermeneutics and these big words I've obviously never heard before. Like, well, it's hermeneutics. But the thing that got me was the worship. I don't know if anybody else grew up the way that I did, but you sang the songs, threw the book, closed it, put it down, you sat right down and waited for the homily. But something happened in me during that time that I cannot, I can't explain to you. I couldn't even begin to explain to you what was going on in my heart. This young 19-year-old man had his hands lifted, and I felt like I was 10 feet off the ground. And it's hard for me not to get emotional about it because you don't know what you have until you have it. And that counter is true. You don't know what you have until it's gone, right? So anybody who ever backslid or went away from the Lord for just a little bit or a lot of bit. But when I went back to my dorm room, when I came back home, I know back in my day, it was Daryl Evans and Paul Beloche and all these other worship kind of singers. And I would worship the Lord in my dorm room. And some... I'm usually over here, but some of the stuff that you see me doing, I was doing at 19 in my dorm room by myself, enjoying the presence of the Lord. And the, it's, it will apply to what we're talking about today, but the idea is that I took what I had been given and I applied it right away. I can't tell you how important that is to do that. Why is that important? Because you, you make it yours. You make it yours. So, funny enough, 
Call my parents up. My mom's here today. Thank you, Mom, for being here. Call my parents up and say, hey, uh, I'm kind of leaving the Catholic Church just to let you know. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it. So they set up an appointment with me. <laughs> they came down for parents' weekend <clears throat> later that, uh, that semester and brought down the, the motor home. So we got to come to the church I'm going to. It's Northwood Temple. It was a Pentecostal holiness church. I don't know if you know what that is. It's not more of a southern thing, but it was a three, 4,000-member church. And I was just blown away. I mean, the hats, everything. And they came down. I saw my dad taking notes. He went home. Little did I know later that he was finding a church for me when I came home. Truth is, he was finding a church for our family when I came home. Coolest thing. The behind-the-scenes stuff, you don't know that he's doing it, and he's doing it, and he's doing it. It's like, wow, thank you, Lord. My whole family started serving the Lord. It was, it was incredible. Amen. Amen. While I was in college, that, that first year, I was just taking stuff in. I was just being a sponge, right? Second year, I started going to Bible study. Scott was putting it on on Thursday night, so I started going to that too. Well, he graduates, and guess what he does? Hands the baton. He said, I-, I want you to take over. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> so, once again, if you're like me, unless you're propelled into certain situations, you might not study like you should or get going. So the Lord knew the end. So the beginning had to be, I'm throwing you into the fire, you're going to have to study. And that was no problem, right? It wasn't a problem at all. Why wasn't it a problem? Because I realized I've been lied to for 19 years. Do you think I was pretty angry? I was pretty upset. So I'm going to pour through this book. Is it true? I don't know. Let's, let's start reading. So I'd pour over this, pour over that, like, that's not true. What's true? What? So early on, you start questioning. I mean, I was questioning everything. Like, what is true? Like the question of Pilate, what is truth? Well, he's a man, Pilate. Truth is in Jesus, Ephesians 4. So I come home that summer. We live in a little A-frame there in Ray Township here on 30 Mile Walcott. And I see my dad at the kitchen table. Now, he had started faithfully picking up his Bible and reading it. My dad's a highlighter, underliner, ruler, the whole thing. Like, firstborn to the max. Yeah. And he, this morning, he looked kind of forlorn, just out of sorts. Now, keep in mind, he had just come into this truth, too, right? I said, Dad, what? What's wrong? And he looked at me and said, Son, it's tough being lied to for 56 years. 56 years. I didn't feel so bad about myself. My, I was only 19. I started doing the math. I'm like, I still don't even know the difference. But anyway, all I knew was this man that I called my dad, rest in peace, he passed away two years ago. He was mind blown, right? 
he was the same, like me and him were like the same, he's a firstborn, I'm a firstborn. We're looking at this thing. What does it really say? And so it was a beautiful thing to grow with my dad and my mom included where let's read this together. Let's, let's grow together. So we started going to Armada Assembly of God, which is no longer there in downtown Armada as a, a Trinity Pentecost church. And I was there for a number of years. Well, a year into it, hey, can you help out with the boys club? Sure, sure, I can help out. Hey, do you mind being a youth pastor? Sure, absolutely. So for 10 years, I was a youth pastor there at, at this church. And probably learned more things I did, you know, made mistakes more than I did right. But the thing I learned the most was if you don't have a heart for the people you're talking to, you shouldn't be doing it. So the Lord was developing this heart in me for for worship and to to show, show these young people that he's worthy. That song, He's Worthy of It All, oh, I love that song. He's so worthy. So here I am trying to play the CDs. You know, I didn't, it was just down in the basement of the church. Upon, I was the worship guy too. I'm playing the CDs. Hey guys, let's do this. Give the sermon, you know, pray with them. Go, go on the round loose, acquire the fire retreat things and trying to do it all. And, you know, do you, do you want to say I made a name for myself there? Hopefully I did, where I made an impact to share his name. Doing all these things, and then something happens. I roll in seminary. I get this flyer in the mail, and it challenges my thinking where I was. I go to this uh, conference for the weekend. So I leave this church. I've been there for 10 years. And I go to this SDA church for about two or three years, doesn't make any sense. But the Lord was taking me in a direction just for a little bit and bringing me back to where I am now. So I say that as an encouragement to you as far as my testimony. Sometimes you might take these little detours, but it's for a purpose. It's like, is he in control or isn't he? As I say, if you let go of what's in your hand, God will let go of what's in his hand. But if you're holding on so tight, there's nothing he can put in our hands. You have to give it to him. That's why it's easy to lift your hands. It's easy to worship this God because he's worthy of it all. So I leave this church. I go there for a few years. And then as God would have it, I go to this little Bible school right at the tail end. It was a, a RISE, a Resource Institute for Evangelism and Soul Winning. People from all over, all over different countries came to this place. And I'm learning these things, learning these things. Well, guess what? They all leave because the school has to stop at some point. Well, we're door knocking. We're out there. We're trying to get Bible studies with people. We're, it was nuts. So they leave. Well, guess who has to do all these Bible studies? The people who still live in Michigan. And there's a lot of them. So I teamed up with a friend of mine, and I go over to this house in Sterling Heights and I meet this family Uh, she opens the door come on in she was there her dad was there little do I know this man is a pillar in the church he's one of the head elders I don't know what I'm walking into 
So she invites us in, just him and I. Well, as God would have it, the third Bible study, this really tall, blonde, walks in the door. It's this lady's sister. She's 6'2 when I met her. She had, she had the high boots on. Sister Bridget, she had the, yeah, a little taller than normal. So I was blown away, and I looked at this woman, and I said, I'm going to marry that woman. I'm 32 at the time. I'm going to marry that woman. And in that moment, you hated everybody who ever told you, well, you'll just know. You're just going to know. Don't worry, you'll know. Well, guess what? I did just know. And two years later, we were married. But the difference was, this woman was apostolic. So my wife, Susan, who grew up in this, held my hand through the pruning off some of the SDA stuff, held my hand when I was still dealing with the memories of the past and things like that. And what a rock she has been to me. Small R, Lord, small R. But part of my testimony really is that, is that he took me on this journey of re-educating me. I had to unlearn some things. And the beautiful part about it, never forget what I'm about to say, is once you see it, you cannot not see it. Right? My mother-in-law where are you? She's back there, right here. She gave me a Bible study, one page, was like 30 scriptures, like, take that. I started pouring up over it. It was all about the oneness of God. Once I, line by line, I was going, and then it started building a case, building a case. I'm like, I see it. I see it. We're going to talk about it a little bit tonight. Once you see these things, you can't unsee it. It's like the FedEx truck, right? The E to the X, I cannot see the arrow now. The arrow is right there. It's not just FedEx. It's a FedEx truck. No, it's an arrow. see it. Go figure. So what a journey... He will take you on if you just say yes. 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 I'm willing to go. I'm willing to do this. You have my permission. Right? He needs our permission. It's really weird, but it's true. I want to walk with you guys. The title of the message was The Walk of Wisdom. I'm not, I know, if you're tired like me, I don't want to keep you too long. Because once I got the tap from from Pastor Mike and said, hey, wait, wait, you want to minister on Wednesday night? I'm driving home with my wife, and I said, hey, we're going to be attacked this week. Just, just pray. <laughs> That's the truth, too. I, got, I almost got two hours of sleep last night, maybe four the night before. If you can picture a cat doing this to a fishbowl at 2.16 this morning, running in there, what's going on? He's just sitting on the, on the counter. This fish is flopping on the ground. Just one. We just have one. We're both trying to make sense of it all. Like, oh, okay, don't. So she's, okay. She picks up the big glass. She puts the caution tape up. She puts stuff in front of the door so none of the children go into this bathroom. It's their bathroom. Oh, goodness. So we go back. My little girl's sick. She's coughing. We get her out of the bed a little bit later. Susan brings her into bed. Oh, this poor thing. <clears throat> Gives her a little bit of water. It's good. A little bit more water. I'm like, okay, no problem. Also, <laughs> in the bed last night, all over the place. Like, this is great. Oh, Pastor Mike, why'd you do this to me? I was fine. I was just in the back. I'm enjoying myself. 
love to worship and go home. So you will suffer persecution. You will suffer distress. You will, if you want to do anything, but oh my, is it worth it. Isn't it worth it? Worshiping, being tired every time you go to worship, isn't it worth it, right? Thank you. And I will say this before I really get into it. Thank you, uh, Pastor Hoffman, for your trust in this moment right now. Pastor Mike, I understand, Pastor John, I understand the brevity of what we're doing here. What I'm standing here doing, I mean, James admonishes us, right? Those who teach, you're going to be judged that much more harshly. Because you say something I'm not saying the same, we're going to have words, we're going to talk. He's writing it down. You say, what? I never said that. You, no, I never said that either. So go, 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Does anybody else have a favorite scripture verse? Anybody have a, like a little, that one, I love that one. That's the one I love. Well, this is one of mine. It says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Doesn't that simplify everything? Well, what do I do? Well, walk just like he did. Just walk. Pastor Kento, he, I remember he read the Footprints poem here maybe a few months back, but what a picture of the walk of faith. There's some times where I, need, I will need to be carried, but the point is I'm walking with him. I said this to a brother just uh, about a week ago, my youth pastor days. I said, listen, man, I know you like the girl, but your best bet right now is to keep running your race for the Lord. You look to the right, you look to the left, you see who's running with you. You don't look behind you. You look to your right. Whoever's there, that's a maybe. They got to be keeping up speed with you. You can't. It can't be a. I'm a mile behind or something. It just. It works out better. To walk together. The word abideth means to remain as one, not to become another or different. So how do we know we're abiding? Well, go to verse five. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Keeping his word. How do we know we're keeping his word? Let's go back to another couple of verses. Verse 3, that we know him. And hereby we do know that we know him if we do what, church? Keep his commandments. Isn't it the best thing in the world when you're a parent and your child just does what you say? Isn't it the best? Like, did you just, did you just take that to your room and put it where it goes in the, in the bin? amazing. Did you just brush your teeth and put your pajamas on without you soap when you took a bath? Really? That's amazing. That's, you're the best child ever. Thank you for doing what you're supposed to do. Just, he did what I said. You're such a good... More admonition about your walk. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 verse 15 To see then that ye walk circumspectly. What does that mean? It means to be exact, to be accurate, to be careful. 
Anybody seen the movie The Patriot before? When Mel Gibson says, Lord, make me fast and make me accurate. Gruesome part of the movie, but the message is there. Make me accurate. Let me walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are what? Evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I love that promise, that he'll redeem the time. He redeemed 19 years of my life in a moment. In a moment. Amen. So where does this wisdom come from? He says, you're a fool if you don't walk circumspectly. Don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So you need to walk in this understanding. James chapter 3, verse 13. You guys already there before me? Come on, guys. It's so fast. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his behavior, his works with meekness of wisdom. So remember, when you read these words, you've, like my mother-in-law says, you've got to break the bread. You've got to, what's, I see it, but what does that mean? Yeah. Right? Because there's so much more depth to, oh, the word uh, conversation or meekness of wisdom. It's gentle. I was a golf professional for 12 years Coming out of college, I gave a multitude of lessons. I said, do you know what meekness, because I've always tried to incorporate it into the, the gospel, into what I'm teaching, right? And I said, do you know what meekness is? It really is. It's strength under control. I could do this, but I'm going I'm to take it easy. I'm just going to be smooth about this. I'm not going to be. So that's what you're doing. When you're meek with somebody, you could be a certain way. You're like, no, I'm going to be gentle. Do your children react better when you're meek or not meek? Depends on the boy or girl, right? I guess it depends. <laughs> Pastor Mike with the, the stories about, uh, we still don't know who, right? So from Pensa, we're not naming any names, but they can be difficult. So verse, uh, verse 13 again. Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy, envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Never forget that. I, I actually think about this verse when Susan and I argue, debate, talk loudly. <laughs> Very loud sometimes. I'm a, I'm a yeller and pray for me. I, I get excited. I'm in it to win it. I'm an only child. I was like, I got to win. This is my fight. It's not your fight, brother. Just calm down. Be a little meek. Still learning. But this will save you in the time. Like, why can't I remember what I just said? You're in an argument with your spouse. I can't remember what I just said. I can't even come back with something good because there's confusion. There's strife. It's, it, and and, and the, the thing, every evil work, really? Wow. Anything could happen. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, 
and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, doesn't show favoritism, and without hypocrisy. That's the kind of wisdom I want. Verse 17 wisdom. It's pure. That means you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about the other person. Right? There's seven things listed there in uh, Proverbs chapter 9. There's a verse in verse 1. It says, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Some say these are the seven pillars of, of wisdom. Now, I wrote them down. There's, if you read chapter 9, there's some other things it talks about with the fear of the Lord, instruction, knowledge, understanding, discretion, counsel, and reproof. reproof. That could be it too. Either way, you win. Those things are so pivotal to walking the walk of wisdom. So important. Love that. What do we need to do? What do we need to do then? Proverbs 4, verse 26. I have a few scriptures here because I had the funny thought, I don't know if any of the other pastors have had the thought, is what if I just got up and read the word? What would happen? Would people be disappointed? Would they raise their hand a lot? Would they, the body language get really weird in the pews? I don't know. But there's a lot of scriptures because we're piecing it together together, right? Proverbs 4, verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get what? Understanding. This verse is transformative if you let it, because it, it helped me. If I need to get anything, I need to get what? I need to get understanding. Because I can't even get to wisdom until I have understanding. Right? So I've had people come up to me just through counseling and, and hearing stories and I say, hey, I'm getting a divorce. You ask them the question, do you love the person? Well, yeah, I love them. Well, what's the problem? Oh, we just don't click anymore. It's, it's not feeling it. Not feeling it, huh? You know what the problem is? They're not going to divorce court or to the secretary to divorce because they don't love each other. It's because somewhere along the way, there became this lack of understanding. I mean, they admonish, I think James, he admonishes us, no, Peter does. He admonishes us to grow in knowledge of our spouse. According to knowledge, it says. What does that mean? That means your job is to love your spouse the way that they want to be loved. You don't get to choose how you're going to love your spouse. Right? Like, I receive love this way. Well, you better figure it out then. I married a middle child. Thank God. She's a peacemaker. She doesn't want to, you know, how can we work this out? I don't want to conflict Right? Thank you, honey. I know you're at home watching, so thank you for being a peacemaker. But I looked at her childhood. I looked how she was raised. Oh, okay, I understand now. You might act that way because of this. If she's in a room, 
I'm telling, telling too much business, honey, I promise. But she's in a room with her siblings. She has three of them. She speaks the least, but when she does speak, sometimes she gets over-talked by her siblings. Right? So what's my job? Shut up. Listen. Because it wasn't commonplace for her. So if I start over-talking her, I'm just like everybody else. Just like everybody else. So we grow an understanding. That thing is what will hold some relationships together. It will hold your relationship with the Lord together because if you don't understand who he is and how he operates, how could you, how can you walk the walk you're supposed to walk? And why, why do you think, why are prayer meetings here, do you think, are more powerful than other places, as I've been other places? Why do you think it's more powerful here? It's a sense of unity. You feel like something's going to happen. And it is happening. What more is going to happen? But the reason why we come, the reason why we're here, is because we've prayed, we've seen results. The people that don't come to prayer meeting in other churches, other denominations, because I've been there, they don't come to prayer meeting because they don't see results. Like, man, I prayed and nothing happened. Again. They have a lack of understanding of what their role is. And all I get get understanding. So where do we find wisdom? Job 28. Job asks the same question. It's actually in a parable that he is talking. Job 28. Verse 12 says, But where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? Asks it again in verse 20. Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Verse 28. And unto man, he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Wow. That's good. So many times I've said youth pastoring, why are you getting so close to the edge of the cliff and tempting yourself? Without, how close can I get to the edge without falling? Why are you tempting yourself? Right? It doesn't make the feelings take over. Why are you doing that? We have to come to a place where, you know what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom. I need to stand or kneel in reverence and awe of who this, this Elohim is, this God. I need to shut up for just a few minutes. And I encourage you, try that. If you don't do it in prayer, just don't start talking and rambling and going on. Just be silent. I was asking my wife to be here. Unfortunately, she couldn't. She's watching Winter. But she had something. If you see her, ask her. Great story. Recently, she was studying in the morning. She does that. She had her Bible open. She said something specific prayer to the Lord. And verbatim, word by word, there's four words, I think, the Lord spoke to her in the verse in Ezekiel for the four things that she prayed for. After she prayed, right? So... We have people coming over our house and she's praying this prayer and God speaks to her 
through his word. So if you want understanding, if you want a good relationship, guess what you should be bringing to your prayer time? It should you. Oh, Lord, I just got to hear you. I gotta hear. Like he will do that, yes. But there's so much that he's already spoken to us in this book that it's already here. It's already here. Proverbs 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Verse, starting verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 6 is where it's just so plain and comes into perfect clarity. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. They don't know have their head down. They know who their God is. I've seen him show up time and time again when my baby was sick, when I didn't have a job, when I was homeless, when I was, whatever it is. I didn't grow up with a dad. I didn't grow up with a mom. But he yet, he preserved you. He preserved me. It's his heart. It's his heart. So wisdom allows you to do this thing. It's so fun. It allows you to connect the dots. Is anybody going through something right now where you need a few more dots connected to see the picture? Like, I don't know what it is. It's driving me crazy. What are you trying to do? Well, I encourage you to get in the book, to pray, to fast. Do it. Don't question it. Just do it. The Lord called me on my longest fast earlier this year, and I was not, well, one, I wasn't ready for the, the battle, but two, I didn't realize the sacrifice it would, it would take to get to the end of the thing. But was it worth it? Of course it's worth it. It's always worth it. It's never a bad decision to say, I want my wife healed. I want my wife whole again. I want my spouse to see what I see. So we cannot not see it together. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture. John chapter 1, verse 18. Turn there with me. I want you to see it. If you, don't, if you have your Bible with you, if not, on the screen is fine. But this verse in John messed with me. Thank you, mother-in-law. This one messed with me so much because I'm like, what does that mean? So much I don't know. If you're like me, you realize that the more you learn, truly it is true, the more I, I really don't understand. I'm just asking more questions. So verse 18 says this. No man, how many men? No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. Anybody remember reading this verse? Show of hands, who's read this verse and remembers it? Okay, okay. 
This one had me for a loop. So I did what everybody should do. I got out my concordance. So I had my tablet. Well, I didn't have a tablet then. I'm a big shot now. <laughs> Pull up my sword Bible. Go to John chapter 1. Hopefully this is going to help somebody because you never know who's brand new. I go to King James Version here because that's the one I study from. It's pretty much the only only one I read. Uh, Bosom, G2859, Strong's number. Greek, hitting that. The front of the body between the arms. Anybody want to show me, show me what that looks like? The front of the body between the arms. Where is this? Where is this son? He says, the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father. So I started putting these wisdom dots together. Is it true? Could it be true? that Yeshua, Jesus, is the heart of God on display? How can I wrap my heart and give it to you? How can you see me for who I really am? How can you know how much I love you? I'm going to put flesh on that thing. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send myself to you. You're going to grow in knowledge. You're going to grow in understanding. And you're going to grow in wisdom. So wisdom allows you to connect these dots. You read that verse, okay, what does that mean? He's not going to just leave you hanging. So the question is, is how hungry are you? How hungry are you for wisdom? I need an answer. I'm not going to let go until I find it what it is. Because... You might be saying the same thing I did sometimes. I can't live like this anymore. This has got to stop. Well, I pray you say, it stops today. Today it stops. I'm going I'm to seek for an answer. John 15, 13 through 14 says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I... Oh, there it is again. If you do whatsoever I command you. How does... How do how does God measure our love for him? Do you do what I say? How many times do the parents say, how many times do I have to tell you? I mean, I just, that's how he seems to me. Jared, how many times do I got to tell you? Don't go there. Don't look at that. Think with me. John 10, 15, As a father knoweth me, even so know I the father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Verse 16, he talks about there being one fold and one shepherd. Is there two folds? One fold. Is there the two kingdoms anymore? Are there the Jews and the Israelites? He's saying there's one shepherd. Because he says in Matthew 15, 24, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Doesn't sound like everybody, does it? Who are these lost sheep? 
That's the only way we get grafted in. It's through that house. I'm not a natural born Jew. But he said, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to make a way for my Portuguese son. I'm going to make a way for my Polak son. I say Polak because I don't speak the language. My dad was the last one to speak it. So you're reading through these the scriptures and you keep reading in, in John 10. He says these things in verse 17. Therefore doth my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it up again. He's messing this, this Jew's mindset up. And he says, there was a division, therefore again, amongst the Jews for these sayings, verse 19. And many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, these are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Let's throw this verse in here. And it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of Dedication, and it was winter. Well, it's actually the feast we're in right now. Hanukkah is this feast, Feast of Dedication. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. That's too deep for me. I'll let Pastor Hoffman probably unpack that one at a later date. There's something there. I don't know all that's in there, but I know there's something in that verse 23 that Jesus walked in the temple in this wisdom porch. This was a place where on the east side of the temple, all these colonnades were up, these pillars, and Yeshua's walking around these pillars, having this conversation, saying these words, and they said, Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And this is what our Lord's response was. I told you. And ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. And I said unto you, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. That sounds like a walk of wisdom, doesn't it? And I give them unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand my father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand I and my father are one then the Jews took up stones to stone him Jesus answered many good works have I showed you from my father for which of those works do you stone me the Jews answered him saying for a good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy and because that thou being, being as man makest thyself God? Jump down to verse 37. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do though, ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself to walk even as he walked. Where is this son proceeding forth from? From the bosom of the Father. When we walk through these scriptures, wisdom allows you to connect the dots. I see the picture now. He loved me that much to lay down his life for me on a tree. He loved me enough to say, I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to show you how much I love you because greater love has no man than this that he laid down his life for his friends. No greater love. So the question is, do you know his voice? Somebody asked me that this past week. 
I actually questioned it for a second. Like, Who am I? Do I know his voice? Yeah, I've heard it a few times. I've heard it a few times. Are you going to abide in him? Are you going to stay in him? And if you do, what should you do? You should walk just as Yeshua walked. Wherever Jesus goes, that's where you go. Always pray the prayer. Lord, go before me. Lord, walk with me and clean up the mess behind me if I, if I mess up because you know I might. All right, let's stand. Let's pray. Father, we just give you the glory tonight. You're the God of all wisdom, God of all comfort. You're on the throne. We just thank you tonight. Lord, help us to ask like Solomon asked. Lord, we need wisdom. We need understanding. Lord, we need the knowledge of the Most High. Father, we just ask for your help for, for any situation that we, we might be in, Lord, that you show up, that we submit ourselves to you, that we give you the glory, the honor, the praise that you're worthy of. Well, there's none like you, Father. We just take in your presence, even this moment. We thank you. Thank you so much. We praise you now in your holy name, Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Well, bless your name. Bless your name. Thank you, Lord. As you leave here today, as you leave here today, think about where do I need wisdom in my life? There's a book called The Best Question Ever. And that question in the book, I read it was, in every situation ask, what's the wise thing for me to do? What's the wise thing for me to do? You want to come to the altar? Come on to the altar. Don't need any music. Come on to the altar. Remember, this is the place where business gets done. Right? So with one voice, we're just going to do that right now. Lord, Father, I need wisdom. Whatever situation is, I need wisdom. Well, help me to gain wisdom in this situation. I have taken a step forward, Lord. You know I need you. You know there is stuff going on that only you know about. Father, I need your presence in this situation. I need your understanding. I need your knowledge. Lord, whatever I need to do, Lord, compel me to do it. Lord, let me not be selfish. Let me look to you, the author and the finisher of my faith. Let me give you the pen, Father, that you may write the story, that you may finish this story, that I finish well, that I will be like Paul who fought the good fight, who, who finished the race. Lord, we submit to you, Father. You are the giver of every good gift, Father. Let me offer myself as an offering to you. Lord, let us be like in Proverbs. I cry after wisdom. I cry after knowledge and understanding. Lord, help me to see how you see. Help me to, once I do see it, to not not see it, Lord. I need to see through your eyes. I need to live through your, your heart. Thank you, Shu. We bless your name. the people next to you, love on them, and enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully some of you get some sleep. I know hopefully I will too. Praise the Lord.